Welcome to the Therapeutic Food Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Marion Mitchell. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach, therapeutic diet expert, and founder of The Road to Living Whole. There are many different diets out there. It's hard to know which one is right for you with your chronic illness and autoimmune disease. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you the foundational pieces every single therapeutic diet out there shares, and also how to use the best one for your particular diagnosis. If you've been looking for a meal planning partner, help navigating the complicated healthcare system, and want to feel better quickly, I'm your girl. Grab your kombucha and notebook. Let's dive in. Welcome, everybody. I am so excited for today. I have a fellow IIN grad who is just amazing, and I'm really excited to share her with you. Her name is Allison Saman, and she's going to share who she is, her, you know, what she knows, her story. And then we're going to be talking about chronic fatigue and just the challenges that come with that and the root causes and just all kinds of great stuff. So, Allison, tell us who you are. Hi, it's so great to be here with you, Marion. Uh, yeah, so I am Allie and I, <laughs> I am a functional nutritionist, but I wasn't always. And what's so funny is my clients and people who meet me like on social media think that I'm, you're, you're that person who's just, you know, that, that foodie person. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, I, you, I struggled with unexplained chronic pain for over 10 years and I had migraines, my weight fluctuated, I had acne, I was constipated, although I didn't think that was a problem at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a con- matter of convenience. <laughs> I worked in television. I worked really, really long hours. And I I didn't think that anything that I was doing had anything to do with my health. I thought something was wrong with me. And I was looking for a diagnosis that I wasn't getting. I had all of the scans, I had all of the therapy, I had the neurologist, and there were tears and there were bulging discs and there were things, but there was nothing, there was no conclusive diagnosis, but there was a lot of pain, there was a lot of misery. It was mostly in my lower back, my knees and my butt. So walking was a problem, sitting was a problem. How do you function? And I was in my 20s at the time, And, uh, so while I started going to a neurologist for chronic pain, because I just couldn't sit and I had this deep pain and they, they did so many tests and painful tests where they're testing your nerves. And during this time, I had a tragedy in my family where my father suddenly died. I'm so sorry. And thank you. And it was just his birthday last week. And um, he was 50 and he looked the picture of health. And so it was so shocking that something could happen to my favorite person on the planet and also somebody who was healthy. And and my mindset at the time was I'm a healthy, I'm healthy and active. I work out. I eat low fat. I watch my calories. Therefore I'm healthy. And my dad was the same way, super active. He looked great on the Outside on the inside, he had severe heart disease that no one knew he had because no one was looking for it because he looked perfect and he didn't smoke or drink. So therefore he's healthy. He exercised all the time. Therefore he's healthy. And although I did drink a lot at that time, I was never a smoker. And I didn't think that I was 
eating and I wasn't eating McDonald's. Therefore I eat healthy. And I, I wasn't making the connection. And, but when my dad died and I was already going through all of this, it then this whole nother wave of, oh my God, my life is half over. I'm, I'm going to die soon. And there's something wrong with me that we somehow missed in my dad. And I, I don't know what it is. And there was a little bit of Raynaud's. There, there were so many things, but no like one conclusive thing, just a lot of symptoms. And all of the years of struggle and grieving and tears, not one doctor ever talked to me about what I ate. Not one ever asked me if I was pooping. They just did physical therapy. They prescribed drugs and they helped. The drugs helped. So I loved them because I didn't have migraines and I didn't have knee pain when I took those drugs. And I don't know what it was, divine intervention or something, but this this one of the top orthopedic surgeons in New York City, who all of the professional athletes would go to, he suggested exploratory surgery because they couldn't figure out what the source of the pain was. Like, yes, I had tears and there was inflammation, but what is the source? And something said, that's not right. Like, I know that there's a lot of things wrong and I want an answer, but that cutting me open to just explore didn't sit right with me, especially after everything I had been through. And I finally was referred to somebody who was a health coach of sorts. And he asked me what I was eating. And he started talking to me about food and the energetics of food. And I was like, what? <laughs> First of all, <laughs> And when I told him my, my breakfast was a healthy breakfast, it was, I would have, I think at the time it was special K. So a nice, good, healthy cereal, a glass of orange juice to get your vitamin C and my multivitamin. And that's, you know, good old America, healthy American breakfast that I've had my entire life. And the cereals may vary, but everything else stayed the same. And he's like, why are you drinking orange juice? I'm like, ah, for the C. Obviously, because I hate orange juice and I wouldn't be drinking it otherwise. <laughs> I truly hate it. And he said, Why don't you eat an orange or strawberries or broccoli? What do you mean? They have vitamin C in it. You're having so much sugar. And I it never ever entered my mind. I thought I'm working really long hours. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink soda. I'm a healthy person. I don't smoke cigarettes. Everybody's doing that to keep their energy up. What did I use? Sugar. And I just never, never, ever thought that that had anything to do with anything. And so that night I went home and I didn't have orange juice the next morning for breakfast and my knee didn't hurt. <laughs> it's not like I was cured and it was all done after that, but that put the idea in my head, what we eat matters. It affects how our body feels feels and functions, what else? If orange juice is that powerful, what else can I take out or add in? I didn't even get to the adding in part. It was just the taking out and seeing how that felt. And that sort of was the open the floodgates to, oh my God, people have to know about this crazy newfangled concept called nutrition that nobody's talking about. And no, like the doctors aren't talking about this. So I have to tell people, and if this works, if what he's saying works, 
I'm going to tell everybody about it. And ultimately, I moved from the East Coast out to California, where I live now. And I was still working in television, but it was different. People were looking at me like, why does she have so much energy? They didn't know me as the sick girl, the girl who had to be carried up the stairs in our studio because I couldn't walk. Being in New York City, you can't not be able to walk. It is so challenging because it's all stairs, everything, everywhere, subways. And our studio had stairs. And so they would carry me. And so the in LA, they saw me as the girl who was so fast and moving all around and didn't eat what everybody else was eating, didn't drink what everybody else was drinking. And so they would ask me about that. And I sort of became the unofficial health coach on the sets that I worked on. And then I was like, okay, uh, there. I think I'm supposed to be doing something else. And it was sort of, I was trying to reconcile what happened with my dad and solve that mystery. Like, why did that happen? Oh, and I have to, I have to change course. And so that's what I learned is that we could have these really powerful genes, but it doesn't have to be our destiny. We can actually do different things and and turn genes on and off and, and actually have um, a better life, a better outcome. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's sort of how I got here today. That's a nutshell. Yeah, that's kind of my story is very similar. Um, you know, struggling with multiple chronic conditions that just weren't getting better. And I was taking pharmaceuticals and I just thought that it, you know, headaches and migraines were just bad genes. And yeah. like, yeah. you know, I had ovarian cysts and the, the hormonal acne and the weight that wouldn't stay down. I was always climbing if I wasn't like super calorie controlled and working out an hour and a half, four days a week and all of this stuff. And I just kind of started trying to use food as medicine and study as much as I could. And it took like seven years. And in that time, my dad was diagnosed with a really deadly autoimmune condition. And then my daughter was born and she was diagnosed with celiac disease. And I just kind of really started diving in. It's so, I, you know, and then of course the starting point is always taking things away. Right. And we see that all over social media. It's like the vegan diet or the carnivore diet or the keto <laughs> diet. And like, you know, everybody's like, just takes, take, th takes things away. And then you're like left with like nothing. Right. And it's beyond frustrating. So I love that you kind of talk about that. How did you get into dealing with chronic fatigue? Like, where did that come into the picture? And, and let's talk more about what that is and maybe some root causes of that and, yeah. you know, how food and lifestyle play a role in that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was sort of uh, <laughs> fatigue was one of the things that I, battled. I worked. So there's different reasons why we're tired. There's a lot of different reasons why we're tired. I worked long hours. I didn't have a lot of time for sleep. And so that is a, that is a, a physical lack of sleep. So that's going to make you tired. And especially over time, even when you're young, you still need the sleep. We take it for granted, but you still need it. Right. And so, so there's that stress is another thing that makes us tired and whether it's stress because of our work or stress over what's happening in the world. There's a lot of stress that we internalize. Relationship stress. There's a lot that we internalize. Moms. I'm also a mom. There's a, a whole different level of stress that comes with being a mom. And so there, you know, all of those things can can make you feel tired. But there's a difference when there's this fatigue where no matter what you do, you are not getting that 
that energy, not feeling like your brain can focus, you're feeling short tempered, you're, you know, it's affecting your mood, it's affecting your relationships. Um, and you just, your, your zest for life sort of just goes away and you're just looking for, well, I, I need that coffee. I need that. I mean, I have clients who were drinking eight cups of coffee per day because they had no get up and go. And so part of what's happening and, and what I was doing, I was self-medicating with sugar. Sugar for me was twofold. It gave me energy. I needed that pick me up. It gave me a hit. And I also used sugar as comfort. So that was my drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. People will turn to, it was sugar. It was my, it was, I'm sad. I'm going to, this makes me happy. Didn't make my body happy, but it made my mouth happy and my brain happy temporarily, right? I didn't know how much damage I was doing. But so we're, when we're tired, fatigued, stressed, we're looking for things that are going to give us that pick me up. And your body instinctively knows that carbs are going to do it. Mm -hmm. And so you reach for the carb, you reach for the bagel, you reach for the donut, the cake, whatever. For me, it was candy, gummy candy. Mm, It was just the thing that just made me so happy. And so you get that, that pick me up. And so that's great. But what happens then you get that hit and the, the, if you're on empty because you are underfed, it's been a long time since you've eaten, you're undernourished, your blood sugar is going to spike. And so you get that hit that you want, but just as fast as it went up, it's going to go down. It's going to crash. And when that happens over time, you are setting up a, a hormonal response that is setting you setting you up to be more fatigued. And what's happening is you're every time there is that blood sugar spike, you have an insulin response to bring that blood sugar down, to bring it into your cells to, for energy. But every time that happens, that's actually causing inflammation. It's actually causing your cells and organs and tissues to age more rapidly. So then you feel more fatigued. And like people talk about, you know, getting old, oh, getting older, that's why I'm so tired and things aren't working. And it's like, well, I'm even gonna tell you that I'm as old as I've ever been. And I have more (laughs) energy than I did in my 20s when I felt fatigued all the time. And I needed to rely on substances for happiness, for energy. Uh, You know, I couldn't, I, I, I was dysfunctional. I was masking, masquerading as a functional person, but I really wasn't. And I didn't realize how much that was affecting me. And so the, another part of what can be setting up this cascade, even if you're, you're like, well, no, Ali, I'm not a a sweets person. I, I like savory. I like crunchy. Okay, fine. The same hormonal response happens if you're eating foods that to which you're sensitive to foods that are causing inflammation in your body are also causing the same reaction to happen. And so it could be something like gluten for your daughter. I mean, that's potentially deadly for her, but, and, but for a lot of people, gluten causes inflammation. It can be other foods that are otherwise healthy, like broccoli. Or um, I had a client the other day, banana. So sometimes, oftentimes these days, 
when you are in a lot of stressful situation, it could be genetically, it could be uh, undernourishment, it could be stress related, but we can develop a leaky gut situation where undigested food particles are getting into our bloodstream where they don't belong. And your immune system is like, whoa, hold up, that's a pathogen, that, that shouldn't be here. That's, you know, let's get it, let's get it. And so they tag it as other. And so every time you eat this otherwise healthy food, and the, your immune system, armed forces are activated and all of this inflammation is there because they're attacking that food. There's a histamine response that happens when you're when you have an invasion of a virus, a, a, a bacteria, anything that doesn't belong. And so again, if food is in your bloodstream where it doesn't belong, it's supposed to stay in your digestive tract and then go out, right? The breakdown product, we take out the nutrients and get it into cells. But if that undigested food protein is in your bloodstream, you're having the same histamine response as you would if there was a virus, a viral attack. So you have a histamine response, then you're going to, uh, you know, with all of that inflammation, your adrenals say, okay, let's release cortisol to bring down that inflammation. So now, you're, so you have the histamine, you have the inflammation, cortisol. If you're regularly eating foods that which you're sensitive to, your adrenals are constantly pumping out cortisol to bring down that inflammation. And so when your cortisol levels remain high, then your adrenals and you and me become chronically fatigued. And we keep doing the same thing over and over again because this is the healthy food or I just need some energy, right? And so we're, we have this vicious cycle happening on a microscopic level but it's fluctuating our hormones and we're tired, we have brain fog, we have less energy to combat inflammation so that our bodies don't repair. So for me, I had chronic pain eating a lot of inflammatory foods that I thought were healthy, eating a lot of sugar. So my inflammation levels were high. It didn't matter how much sleep I got, I was still always tired because I was creating a stress situation in my body. So forget about all the other stress. I was creating a stress situation, unknowingly creating a stress situation that was giving me less energy to function. And so you saw it in my digestion, you saw it in my hormones, you saw it in my skin, my energy, my focus, my mood, and also my tissues not repairing. Yeah. You know, I had tears, I had discs, and it just was not resolving. You know, I think something I kind of want to go back and talk about is insulin and the insulin mm -hmm. response. And people don't realize that insulin is a hormone. Yes. And it's like the hormone that starts all the other hormones, right? Mm -hmm. And so if insulin is off, all your other hormones are off. And then also the high amounts of sugar constantly causing inflammation, reducing the body's ability to repair itself, aid the aging process and all of that. Like I just think about all these people who are struggling with chronic fatigue and food is never a piece of the puzzle. But then also the standard American diet is very high carb. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we're having cereal or oatmeal or toast or something for bre- with breakfast. A lot of people are drinking 40 to 50 grams of sugar in their, their, their sweetened drinks. You know, we say Starbucks, but there's, you know, out, you know, everybody's kind of like, you know, and think a lot of people who are trying to be healthy are like, Ooh, Starbucks, I'm going to go local. doesn't matter. You know, those sweetened drinks, those Frappuccinos, all of those things, yeah. you know, and then we're having bread with lunch and we're having crackers with snack or, you know, we're having that sugar pick me up and, but it's okay to have a little bit. Cause you know, the, um, American nutrition association, whatever they call themselves now, American dietetic association, I think they even changed the name recently. McDonald's is okay. So it is okay in moderation, but all these things are just so inflammatory. And I think a lot of people because the medical field has failed them, they feel like food doesn't matter, right? Or like we know with leaky gut, foods be going into the bloodstream and all of that, that like even if they eat healthy, it doesn't help, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like now that we kind of have discussed the cycle, and obviously there's other root causes, latent infections, environmental toxins. I know that you mm-hmm. specialize mm-hmm. in environmental toxins. Can we yeah. maybe talk about those a little bit? Sure. Because I think sure. lifestyle plays a huge role. Some people do eat really well. They're eating nutrient dense and all this stuff. They're healing their gut and they still don't get better. Right. So then they feel like, well, why am I doing all of this work when I'm not getting better? When we know that there's mm-hmm. other potential root causes. And I know that you studied yeah. environmental toxins. So let's, let's talk yeah. about those. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that is very common that people are like, I eat all this healthy food and I still feel terrible. And so one, oftentimes you're actually not absorbing the nutrients from your food. And my mentor, Andrea Nakayama always says, you're not what you, the phrase is you are what you eat. And she says, you are what you absorb. And that's really powerful because we're often not absorbing and there's so many things that can actually compromise our digestion. And so it goes back to, you could have a food sensitivity. It could be that you, uh, that you, from all of the stress, there is a, there is a leaky gut or poor stress will also depress your uh, stomach acid. And so you're unable to break down or I'm sorry, you're unable to, there's two things. You might not be making uh, digestive enzymes to break down the food and have the stomach acid to be able to absorb the nutrients from your food. So that's kind of always a place that we go, but the part that always, that often gets overlooked that you, going back to what you, what your question was, is we have to shut off the toxic tap. And there's so many things that we're putting in, on, and around our body that actually impact our digestion, our hormones, our respiration, our brain function, our skin, what's happening. You know, your skin is your largest detoxifying organ. We don't think about it as an organ, but it is. And anything that we're putting on it is going directly into our bloodstream. So we have to be cognizant about the things that we're putting in, on, and around our body. So at least when you're ingesting something, there's there's two there's a a two-part detoxification process. And so it has to go through this whole thing and your body is designed to to detoxify. 
to take in toxins, take them on. And this is why we're not sick all of the time, <laughs> living in a world that has so much pollution and cars and off-gassing and all of that stuff. But at, at some point, there is a body burden and it runneth over. <laughs> and so it can be things like your personal care products, your cleaning products. So a lot of them have chemicals in them that are actual endocrine disruptors. So synthetic hormones, where your body thinks that it's actual hormone like estrogen. And so it gets confused. And so you're making more estrogen or less estrogen. And you have this, these things that your body can't actually do anything with it because it's not real. And so what does it do with it instead? I'm just going to put it here in your fat, put it in your, you know, in your tush, put it around your belly, wherever, you know, these are, these are, um, obesogenic chemicals, fat loving. Adipose tissue. Adipose tissue is an organ that protects us from toxins. So if we have a toxic burden, it pulls it out of the bloodstream and puts it in the adipose tissue. Right. Yep. So a lot of people don't realize like part of the reason you're not losing weight is because your body's trying to protect yeah. you. Oh yeah. That's exactly you what know, it is. Cause when you lose weight, it's releasing all those toxins. And if your detoxification is inhibited in any way, then all you're doing is poisoning yourself and then it pulls it back into the adipose tissue. Um, you know, that's why those in January, when you're like lose 10 pounds in a month <laughs> and then you get the flu about two and a half weeks in, it's because You've flooded your body with these toxins and your liver and your detoxification pathways are sluggish or inhibited and, you know, inhibited in some way. And so your body's like, dude, you got to stop. So they make you feel like crap so that it can reabsorb everything. And then you gain back all the weight that you were losing, probably then some, right? A hundred percent. 